the listeners are here for a rant, Dave. The viewers. The viewers, indeed. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the In The Round podcast. Will is unfortunately not here again. Um, just that's for you more than anyone, Dave, I think. <laughs> <clears throat> he was at a festival this weekend, so he is recovering watching Dynamo Zagreb defeat his beloved Chelsea in Europe, which is hilarious. Um Alongside me is, of course, Mr. The Kimber. What was it? Kimber Clown, I believe. Yeah, cheers. Hi, well. <laughs> Very good. Uh, and above him on the computer screen, at least, is Pod Ross. How you doing, good. Ross? Good evening, all right? Good stuff. Uh, well, it was quite a good weekend of football again this weekend. We've got <laughs> Ross is shaking his head at that, as you can imagine. We've got the European football starting this week, so we'll get some predictions from but for that at the end. We've got to start Old Trafford, of course, Ross. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a tough one to watch because I thought we were the better team for the majority of... I, I really didn't think Man United... I think I would say Ten Hag got his decisions right at a time when Arteta got all his wrong was the real turning point because we were really in control, pushing for a pushing for a goal and uh, Arteta changed the whole shape and um, sort of went all out quite early and um, it just stopped working and I think people didn't really know the positions they were supposed to be in. Martinelli was at left wing back which I was worried about as soon as it happened and uh, United kept getting away on the break then but I'm not too worried because we did play well and I think we'll win more of those games than we lose overall. Um, but I was happy for Rashford getting a couple of goals. Just sorry to see him against uh, against the boys, but yeah, he always scores against Arsenal for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I still remember that when he scored. Um, well, he scored against us in the league and the cup, didn't he? That when he when he broke through. Yeah, yeah. So that was crazy, Dave. Any any thoughts on this game? If you were on, particularly on the Arsenal side, we'll start there. Yeah, I thought Arsenal played. Fairly well, to be honest. It, even though they lost 3-1, it, it wasn't a result you look at and you think, yeah, that scoreline was what I'd expect from the performance. I thought Arsenal were fine, to be fair. I, you know, I'd, if I was an Arsenal fan, I, you know, just because they've lost now, I wouldn't be hitting the panic button. If they keep playing like that, like Ross says, they're going to get some very good results this season. Um, I'd like to disclaimer, if Arsenal now go on the losing streak, that is entirely my fault. <laughs> it's Everton next day, so. Oh, so Morpai's going to have the game of his life. But they're, they're a bit of a bogey team. Feels like a banana skin, although I said yeah. that about Bournemouth, I think, and I was not correct on that one. So, um, yeah, to be fair, Arsenal played pretty well. Uh, as Ross, I think, rightly says, Ten Hag's decisions in that second half when United were under the cosh for quite a while, in fairness. Managed to get those right. We kind of sucker punched you with the second goal in particular. Yeah, complete at the life of us. Um, and then, yeah, Arteta opens things up a lot. And the other one. Really early. Very Boy, early. Was on with like 20 minutes plus to go. There was, there was still plenty of time to, to get one. And the way Arsenal were playing. Yeah, the shape. It was working, what we were doing. That's kind of what I didn't understand. Yeah. It was. It seemed to be going quite well, and then uh, 
as soon as the third one goes in, the game's dead, really, then. You're, you're going to yeah, struggle to come back from that. Um, so, yeah, the road to 114 points is, a, is unfortunately dead. I think I managed to fix Arsenal on that one as well. Good time for that to come to an end on, from my perspective. And, uh, yeah, United look decent recently. They've been grinding out results. Not necessarily the style I'll, I'd expect Ten Hag to play going forward, but it's working at the moment. And it is nice to see some of the <clears throat> some of the players high five and when they get a block in. I, I don't know if I've said this in the last couple of weeks. I probably have, but we it feels like we haven't seen that for for years. That yeah. sort of thing, and you get that out of Malasia, Martinez, all five foot nine of him, of course. Yeah, you have to mention that every time you mention. Him. Um, but yeah, for Arsenal, I don't think there's too much to worry about myself. I think Zinchenko and uh, Odegaard maybe weren't that fit and that maybe prompted some of the changes. I don't know. They did both come off. So I I wasn't expecting either of them to play, to be honest. That's what Um, made me think that that's maybe why why they both got True. Yeah, maybe. Because we really are. It's different without Zinchenko at left back because Tierney's not as capable sort of playing sort of inverted. So... um, yeah, uh, I think I was Neville who was commentating said he feels better about Arsenal despite the loss than he did about the games against Villa and Fulham because we played more in a way. Because um, we, we we just didn't... We, we played well in the other two games, but not... I, I really do feel a bit hard done by, to be fair, after the United game. But I, I thought we'd lose it. It just play when and lose against United seems to be something we're quite good at. But yeah, we'll take it. We'll take it. Uh, Anthony's debut. Any thoughts on that? I didn't think he was. Well, I don't think anyone really looked great apart from Rashford. Oh, Ericsson, To be fair, Ericsson had a really good game. He looks really good in that in that role that he, Ten Hag's given him at the moment. Really Twice good. we gave him a bit too much space and he just just killed us. And he was he was a little lucky. Where for the uh, disallowed goal as well. Oh yeah, do you think? Well, okay, so we're we're going to do VAR, so let's why not do it now? Yeah. Um, I think I think that's a foul. As we, we were obviously messaging in the group chat at the time, it is a foul. But is that what VAR was meant to be there? It, what do we actually want VAR to decide on? Is that a decision that VAR should? should be deciding on just because it's in the lead up to the goal obviously that's why we look at it but oh. I'm, I'm trying to decide how much I want I, I don't really like VAR as I've made clear on this I'm not really sure and obviously it benefited my team in this case but I mean I agree I think it was a foul yeah I, I don't I really guess... think that's a debate but the people are saying it's a little soft and I, and I think there's, there's not low. It's not well. There's nothing aggressive in it. That's the thing, is is it? But it, it's it not is a yellow foul. card. But it's a foul. No, it's a foul. And I was, I put it to myself like, if if that had happened the other way, I'd want that disallowed. So I, I don't actually mind that. I don't think. I think that was fine because there was a foul in the build-up. So I don't know. But you're right. If yeah. you're looking at, is that what it was there for? I think it's more the question. But I mean, what it's there for, they're not good at that either, are they? Yeah, it's been a particularly bad weekend. Dave, did you have any thoughts on on that Odegaard challenge on Ericsson? Uh, 
I think aside there is probably a foul, but I'm not sure how much I like it being a foul. I mean, I understand, uh, I don't know, I, f- I feel like, again, it comes down to consistency. How many times has that not happened? Like, you know, how many times is a similar challenge not actually being given as a, a foul? And they get waved back to their feet or they just wave play on anyway. Um, that has been happening a bit more this season as well. They see... Yeah. They- um, They've said that there's a directive that they're going to play on a bit more. I think my my issue really is, like Ross alludes to, is that really what VAR's for? I mean, I guess technically if it is in the build-up to a goal, they do have to look at it. But if you start looking at everything under the microscope, uh, surely it's a rough job to pick up on those things anyway, and I guess they've helped him out. So I guess it's fine. I mean, imagine if they let the goal stand, they would have got, you know, people would have deemed that a foul. So I think it more comes down to consistency from my side. If we're going to give that a foul against Odegaard, I want to see it given a foul every single other time if it's in any significant period of play. Uh, the thing I don't get, if the directive is is let these things go, what is the point in that directive if you've got to then put, pull it back? For VAR. It's a foul to a goal. Uh, I don't. So true. You let it go. They scored from it, which is kind of what you were planning on happening from letting it go and then because they scored you get to bring it back yeah uh, like it's if crazy. the rest of let it go they th- then they shouldn't be using var to look at things like that i think that that's probably the key issue i think here yeah it's uh yeah var obviously had a tough weekend we're not we're going to try and not go into every decision but i did want some takes on our boy jesse marsh getting sent off at Leeds. I don't know if either of you have seen the two decisions that he was annoyed about. Essentially, just to, just to recap, uh, Leeds gave away a penalty in the first half for a what, what was a foul, I would say. It was a penalty. That's yeah. fine. A similar challenge, according to Jesse Marsh, of course, at the other end, which also, to be fair, was a foul. I thought it was definitely a foul, whether it started outside the box or if it was a penalty. I, I did side of him that that was 100% a foul. Yeah. So talking about consistency, Dave, Jesse yeah. Marsh was annoyed at the lack of consistency in that one. I kind of actually think he was correct. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely a foul. I mean, the guy's all over him, clips his leg, basically grabs onto him almost and like spins him to the floor. I mean, how is that not a foul? So... I mean, he should be, it, it's difficult to say, isn't it, in the heat of the emotion and the heat of the moment and stuff and with the emotions, but you'd like to think that Marsh doesn't quite do what he does there, but I do understand it and other managers have done it before, so I'm not going to act like it's just a Jesse Marsh thing. I, I feel like managers get... have done the same and not been sent off as well. Oh, 100%. I didn't feel like what he was doing was was that bad. I think the problem for him was that he had he got booked, didn't he, a week or two ago? Yeah, uh, so it's, it's kind of already in the ref's mind that this guy's yeah. a bit of a bit of a loose cannon. So then, when he goes charging down the touchline looking for the linesman or whatever it was he, he was doing, yeah, he's kind of prepped to send him off. But I think the only thing for Jesse Marsh there, just be careful that it doesn't become a bit of a joke that every time a decision goes against you, you start you get booked or sent off. You, but they will be looking for him. They're definitely going to be looking for him now. And he's had he's had a couple now. I think if he carries on, it's not going to be a great look. Even though I agree he was correct <laughs> in this case. 
It's not very on brand. Uh, it's Mark. pretty off brand, actually. Yeah. But yeah, so rather than get into the decisions, we thought we'd uh, try and come up with some ways that we could improve VAR. Number one that I think Dave likes is to broadcast the chat between the VAR official and the ref. Is that right, Dave? Yeah, at least, yeah, that would be exactly what it is. So, like, for example, in cricket, when something goes to an appeal, you hear what the person in the room is saying, how they're coming to the conclusion of what they think, how they made the decision. It's a bit the same with tennis, uh, obviously with Hawkeye, but the umpire will uh, tell you why they've come to a decision and that they have a mic. I think it would be, I think at this point they've lost the privilege of not being as transparent as they can be. They keep making mistakes. No one knows how they get into the decisions. It's absolutely time for for them to be held accountable. And the best way to do that would be at least broadcast their conversations. Um, so you can hear what they're saying to the ref, what the ref's saying to them. Um, and then, you know, you might not agree with the decision, but at least they got that. Because I think, I think one thing that they've always, people, people have always disliked with VAR is people are sat there, uh, both people watching the game, people at the ground, even the players. No one has any clue. It's just standing around, people sitting around waiting for them to make a decision and you still don't really know how they get there. Um, so I think they absolutely need to be broadcasting. And like I say, they've lost the privilege of not being so transparent. I mean, again, look at rugby when there's any appeal. You hear what the ref's saying to the people who are, who are viewing it from the from wherever they do in the ground it's it's something that they just need to be doing because it's not doing them any favors these silly decisions and no one can even hold them accountable really if you can't hear how they make the decision so i think that yeah. would be a start i think you, you could fairly easily broadcast that to particularly television viewers and then i'm sure you could work something out in the ground yeah I, I, don't, I don't know exactly how they do it in rugby whether you can hear it in the ground but I think that would be a good change. One one thing I've just come up with on the fly, just forgotten what it was. So let's go to something else while I try and remember what that is. Um, in other leagues, they and Dave was talking about this before we started. They um, rather than just sticking Lee Mason in the VAR because he happens to be a top level ref apparently, they they'll train officials to be in the VAR. Which seems to make a lot of sense to me because that's their job. Yeah. You do your job. So they just do the bar. I yeah. can't understand why we're sending. Like Mike Dean's retired, but he's still still working in VAR. So uh, uh, yeah, that that does make sense. And again, obviously you couldn't implement that like immediately, but that isn't a hard thing to implement, say for next season or whatever. Yeah, surely you can train some people up to to work the VAR. It can't be that hard. No. And and the other thing you could potentially do is is pair a VAR official with an, a regular official. So Mike Dean always does Lee Mason's games because then they build a little partnership and then they can bear back and forth gets better with time. I don't know if Yeah, that... I like that too. I like that too. Yeah. It's in, in basketball um, when a play gets reviewed um, well, they, they do like a, you could like there's like a coach's challenge thing. I don't know whether the you probably 
football fans probably wouldn't want that. But when a thing is reviewed, the I'm um, so in for this. I am too. I think the the refs come over to like the um the table where the uh, like the the play callers, announcers, whatever are, and they put a microphone on and they walk you through it, what they've decided, and you can hear it. And it's a little bit the same in the NFL. It's and that is so easy to do, and I think would go a long way to, as you say, bring at least a bit for an understanding as to how they come into some of these decisions. Um, yeah, yeah, that that would that would be a nice. Yeah, that's kind of similar sort of lines to what Dave was saying. You could there's definitely something they could work with there that could make it so much better so easily. I think. I mean, you could the, bring it uh, in for next week's games. Uh, that would be. You really could because they, they're already wearing a mic. Yeah. And the um, the commentary teams can all hear what the VAR is saying, can't they? So it's, it can't be difficult to broadcast that to the to the public. I, but I don't get why they hear that and we don't. I, 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 I have no idea what, why. It is funny, isn't it's it? It's to protect the referees. It isn't, it isn't really working. I think as well, if you have independent VAR officials, they're going to hold refs to account more. Because I feel refs obviously get a lot of stick and I feel like refs weirdly almost like people you know say keepers union I feel that is a bit of a refs union so like they look out for each other and that means that when you have someone who was a ref or someone that still is a ref in VAR maybe rather than just looking at totally independently they are trying to sort of help out the ref even if it's maybe not the best decision for the team or or just the game as a whole whereas at least if you have an independent VAR official, they're not going to have like the emotional side that some of the refs will have because at the end of the day, refs is a top a tough job, but they need help from people that don't have that sort of side of feeling about it. They're just there to inform the decision, and also just if they have to back the ref, and if they're backing the ref again, it comes from someone independent. So, like you say, Mike, I like the idea of pairing them because. Obviously, they're, they're going to start to trust each other more and build that sort of communication. But VAR isn't just a shit on the refs. If they're making good decisions and the person reviewing it comes to that, then as much as we hammer refs, they should be applauded if they get a really tight decision that correct at the first time of asking as well, really. That is a good point that they are... Uh, the stats are that they are making much more correct decisions since VAR's in. I mean, you, I mean, you would hope so, given the time lost and you've got another person looking at it with all the TV angles. I think 94% or something, but they're worse than real howlers this weekend. The um, idea I'd come up with on the fly, I have just remembered it. So in cricket, they um, <clears throat> sometimes when like a catch is taken or maybe not taken, they give a soft signal whether the umpire on the field thinks it's out or not out. We already have a actual decision by a ref. So surely it should be like, if uh, we, we err on the side of whatever the ref's original decision was like, like in cricket, they have umpires call similar to the soft signal umpires call. So we, so if we're not hundred percent or it's close, should we not, uh, on the side of the ref who's ref in the game, or should we uh, on the side of the ref who's in the VAR who can see 17 different angles of it? Logic would dictate that you go with VAR, but when they're getting this many things wrong, I don't. I quite like 
Yeah, going with the ref's initial decision if it's if it's like close because yeah. the whole point was it's clear and obvious. So we've gone way away from that already. But yeah. so what what I'm saying is maybe we can try and get back to that. And for the the close ones, that's where you you go with the ref's original decision. But maybe that would just infuriate people more. I don't know. That was just an on-the-fly thing. So no, I don't no, know I don't if that really like works. It. I quite like it. Just trying to take things from other sports. I, I think, yeah. If, if you lot at home have any genius ideas, let us know and we'll read a few out on next week's pod, even though no one's going to email or tweet us. But if, you, if you'd like to, at and around pod. James Yates, if you've got any ideas, send them in. Yates, got <laughs> any ideas. Adam, Henry. That's uh, three listeners, which is probably three more than we'll get on this pod. But... <laughs> no, <it's not>. yeah <laughs> uh all right let's go to what i'm assuming is going to be a bit of a basement battle come the end of the season forest and bournemouth which was just a wild game i did this i think this led match of the day did it may have done I on mean... a week on a weekend where there was on the day where there was the um Merseyside derby. I know that finished nil nil. We're not really going to talk about that because it's just boring. But yeah, so um, Forest were two nil up, and Bournemouth won, came back and won three two. Just carnage, absolute carnage. Any thoughts, Dave? Yeah, I'm. It's really early to say no, but I'm quite worried for Forest. They've spent a lot of money, and they do not look good at all. I mean, Bournemouth are comfortably. Probably the weakest team in the league. Comfortably. And you 2 up to them at home. And you throw it away. How, like, come on. It was it was there for them to, to get a win. Uh, have they even... Have Forrest won a game yet? I think they may have won one. Yeah, they beat West Ham 1-0, didn't they? Yeah. That was so but good. You've got to... You've and got to... what was more fraudulent about that, sorry, Dave, was that Steve Cooper came out after and said they deserved to win that. I'm... No way. There's been some lying. Any other day, and there was, lose that three, four. There was one. some lying this weekend, like Thomas Tuchel saying that it was a foul on Mendy. But come on, I mean, seriously, Steve, that was a, an absolute joke. That was absolute joke. Yeah, anyway, sorry, Dave. Uh, fine. I, yeah, I mean, with Forest, they spent a lot of money. Um, they've got a lot of players, a lot of players who need to gel quite quickly. And this would be the one where you hope. They beat Bournemouth, a team that they're definitely going to have some crucial games with this season. But I think it's just disappointing. You're 2-0 up at half-time and somehow to get nothing from it, even to get less than three points is disappointing, but to lose, it was uh, pretty bad for Mo. I mean, credit to Bournemouth. They never gave up. They were, I don't know what was said at half-time, but they were a totally different team in the second half. I mean, they... They have they played with a lot of purpose. I think the thing is with Bournemouth is, I mean, if Scott Park is telling you you should be losing nine 0 maybe confidence is pretty low. Um, they, they, but he wasn't saying they should be losing. Well, fine, fine. But they said they were capable of it, which isn't really what you want your manager to say. I wouldn't have thought. But anyway, they came out the second half like the Bournemouth that was in the Championship that has some confidence, happy to take on teams. Um, and yeah, they got a result. Solanke looked good. I think him coming back is it's going to be big for yeah. them for this season. I think. I know. Obviously, there's 
all the stuff about Solanke in the Prem before, but I think he's a totally different player this time round compared to before. He's got a lot more goals under his belt, but he's just got a lot more experience. He's added to his game. Um, not quite the level of Mitrovic, but I still think he's going to be solid enough. So, Will they be able to create enough for him? I think it's going to be the uh, key problem. Uh, that's a good point. But just early doors, a bit worried for Forrest. This has to has to be one of their most win games of the season. So. I mean, yeah, 2 0 up at half time against the worst team in the league. You, you can't. Yeah, not win those. I mean, getting chemistry with 21 new signings. It's going to be tough. Really tough. Really but, tough. But they, also, they bought... a, you can register 25 players for the Premier League, right? Yeah. And they bought 20 something, 21 or 20. I think it was 21 it finished on, wasn't it? It was 21. Whatever ludicrous number it finished at. So, how does that even work? So, you tell me they've only got four players in their squad. It's a good point. Them last year. It's a good point, Mike, because I was thinking I'm it's not. I don't think really any of these players have signed up actually under 2021. 20, so that's a very good point. I've. Well, Toffolo, they just, how old is he? They just he kept like signing people. Uh, yeah. But not. they kept signing people in the same position. Like, uh, yeah. They've got about four bloody left backs. Well, they they, signed they've the got three. at least 16 of those 21 are wing backs that they've signed this window. <laughs> it is ridiculous. It, it is it's like. Certainly... It's like You've gone on wow. Football Manager and you've had like a takeover or something and you've so, just bought every available player, basically. Everyone so, available. Wow. My no matter is... what position. If we can yeah. afford them, we're buying them. That's basically what, they, what they've done. It's, uh, it's, I don't think it's going to work, but they, they obviously knew that they needed to strengthen. I, I'm not sure that leaving four of your squad from last year... <laughs> It's exactly what I meant, but um, I, I do like Steve Cooper, so it'll be interesting to see if he can get some sort of system that works with these players. There are some good players in there now, Definitely. and it is kind of amazing so, the sort of players that Nottingham Forest, no disrespect to Nottingham Forest, but a, a promoted team that hasn't been in the Prem for however many years, the sort of players they can attract just because they're in the Prem. Yeah. Imagine like a Bundesliga team getting promote, promoted into the Bundesliga and then doing what Forrest has just done. There's no way that would happen. Yeah, well, you see that, like, uh, Paqueta, a star player on a Champions League team at Lyon, best player. Goes to West Ham. Goes to West Ham, who are, what are they in the Europa Conference, is it? Conference League, yeah. And are probably going to be there again next season. Well... We'll see about that because they haven't started that well. Well, that's what I mean, they're going to be battling for that next this season, aren't they? But yeah, so you could end up easily with no European football. It's I just cool. the week, by the way. Yeah. Oh, does, is it? Is it for this game? Or is it... related. Okay, in that case, it's Dave's stat of the week. Cheers, Mike. So last week uh, in the midweek game, Renan Lodi made his debut for Forrest, which at the time, he was the 55th different player to appear for Notts Forest in all competitions since the start of last season. Oh, my God. What? 55th player. They haven't even started. And this I, and I think... Like 80. Loads of, haven't played uh, the debut yet, yeah. And I'm thinking 
Is there anyone that they sign on debt? I mean, like, Willie Bolly didn't come off the bench, but he was deadline day, so if he plays, that's definitely someone else. Um, that yeah, might, 55 good players one. since the start of last season. So, basically, a season plus six games. Man, that, mental. that could be my favourite one you've, done, you've had yet. That's a cracker, that. Wow. Five different 11s. Yeah. That's... Uh, the squad turnover is ridiculous. Ridiculous. <laughs> what is happening at Forest? Anyway, let's do let's do some positive Bournemouth chat. Um, can they stay up? <laughs> well, clearly they've reacted. Is it Gary O'Neill who's in charge? Gary O'Neill. Uh, okay, yeah. Let's let's start there then. Would you? Would how seriously would you consider giving him the job? I mean, he's supposed to be a pretty highly regarded coach, Gary O'Neill. I, I think it is the Gary O'Neill that he's played for. He's been a coach there for a while. He's come through to like a senior coach. I think he was helping with Woodgate when Woodgate was manager there, or or at least interim. Um, I think he he was coaching even back when Howe was there. So he obviously knows the club, knows the players. Crucially with Gary O'Neill, he has been a player in relegation scraps and he knows what it takes to stay up. Like he was in some pretty good Portsmouth teams. He was in some decent Middlesbrough teams, but he did ultimately have some tough seasons given the teams that he played in. Maybe that experience would help. I don't know. But, I mean, the one thing positive with Bournemouth, this season they've had two games where you'd expect them to take some points and they've won both of them. Well, that's a fair point, to be fair. That's I mean, a good point. So, I mean, they I'm not... A tough schedule. Yeah, so they've been... I wouldn't be as worried. I mean, obviously, it's just how they're going to do with that small squad. And obviously, that is, you know, a bit of a lack of quality there um, compared to others. But at the end of the day, they haven't done all that all that bad. I think they've got... They played, obviously, was it Arsenal, Man City? Liverpool. Liverpool. But they beat Villa, didn't they, first? They beat Villa. They drew with Wolves. So, of the of the three games, you'd have ex- hoped they could maybe get three, four points. They've got or seven. They've got seven. So, that's if you The top three for the job in the betting odds, just just for reference, Dyche and Gary O'Neill are the top two on the, about the same price. And then Nathan Jones is the third. Oh, He's the manager. Jones. Good Lord. No, no, no. <laughs> I think at this point, I'd go with a guy who knows some of the players and you get a bit of continuity at least. I don't, I don't think it's going to do them any good. I mean, obviously, I love Short and Dyche. Yeah, I'd I, I would err on the side of keeping someone in who has a bit of familiarity with some of the players, I think. Would, would Dyche take, take that job anyway? Who else uh, is going to want If I was him, I wouldn't. I mean, I say. Unless you pull a Dean Smith out, really. out of nowhere and just take the Norwich job for no reason. But I mean, well, Dean Smith knows he's going to come back up this year, doesn't he? I suppose. Yeah. Do you, Do you know that with Bournemouth, if they do go down, which they've already got seven points on the board, which is yeah. If I were him, I wouldn't take the Bournemouth job. I don't think I'm, it's going to be really interesting to see where his I next job either. is. Dave? I think my thing with Dyche as well is you know what he brings to the table at Burnley and it was fine and an ageing squad and they didn't really have even when he first joined an array of particularly 
exciting attacking players. I would say with Bournemouth, they do have some pretty... Like, Jaden Anthony is a good, a good little player, to be fair. Uh, and Bournemouth attack with pace, and they're like a fast counter-attacking team. That's that's what they will do in the Prem. It's what they did with Howe. Obviously, in the Championship, they get more of the ball, but they look to be quite progressive. It makes no sense to get a guy who's known for getting people behind the ball and basically just being more physical than, than the opposition, because ultimately that's what Daesh's teams were built on. Solid backbone, a lot of height, and that's sort of how they would get their goals from set pieces and stuff, really. Um, and Bournemouth have a lot more to bring to the table in terms of attacking, at least. So I don't think it would make any sense for Daesh to go there. Unless Daesh feels like changing his style, because maybe he thinks it's outdated, but at the end of the day, did pretty well with it at Burnley on the whole, didn't he? Then he can yeah. finally get the Arsenal job if he changes his style. <laughs> Imagine Dice starts gag and press. Dice is not going to change his style. Like, I don't believe it. Don't believe no, it there's no way. There's no way. I, um, I think, the thing with the Burnley is that the, when he was at Burnley, the, he had like a good, spot. two really good centre halves at least, really and a good goalkeeper. I mean, to be I fair, mean, he doesn't have players of that quality. At, Bournemouth, I would suggest. To be fair, they had he some real quality. And then if he couldn't stop people from scoring against them, then he's probably not. They had nothing. No, yeah. yeah. So. All right, that'll do for Bournemouth Forest. You got some airtime there. Um, let's do Brentford 5, Leeds 2. Uh, another cracking game. Obviously, we've already discussed the red card for the Leeds manager. Yeah. Um, what are the chances that Ivan Tony makes it onto the onto the plane to Qatar? I would seriously think about taking yeah, him. Same. He's going to bring you something. I mean, I prefer him to Dominic Calvert Lewin, who's probably been the favoured backup. To uh, I, I think DC. I don't think DCL will be on the plane. He's been so injured for the last yeah. eighteen months. I don't I think mean, you could take him. Although Southgate, we know, loves to trust his boys. I mean, Tom, has Tony had? Caps or call-ups? No? Nope. I didn't think so. Uh, well, Tammy Abraham will be probably the other one there. Um, he's obviously been playing really well since he joined Roma. But, I mean, are you going to take three centre-forwards? Did he yeah. last time? It all depends how you want to build your squad. I think I probably would. I'd like Tony as a player to come off the bench, I think. He's a heck of an more option, than, isn't he? More than Tammy, maybe. I do like do like Abraham, but I, I think with Tony as well, Jamaica, uh, Jamaica got a lot of players in like 2021 um, that they managed to get. Like they had players come over and get like Jamaican passports. Tony was one of the players they approached, and he said no. Uh, so obviously, if he said no in like 2021, I think it was. You'd like to think that he backs himself to get in the England squad one day. And to be honest, I agree with Ross. He brings something different. He's clearly got the quality. I mean, Brentford are a good team in their own right. But imagine Tony in, you know, like a a better team. If he can do this in Brentford, imagine imagine what he could do in a better team, perhaps. So I think he's earned his stripes, really, to get given the chance. I mean, what a brilliant hat trick. To be fair, he scored. Oh, game. so good. The free kick is just ludicrous. That, oh, that chip, when he when he rounds Meslier, I, 
Uh, honestly, I can't get over this chip. <laughs> so often you see people just blast that and it's just every, a defender who's come back on the line. Everyone just blasts that over the bar and he just, oh, on a hat trick as well, just dinks them. It's so good. Great penalty too. He's good at penalties, which is which would be nice to have him around the England squad in case of any penalty shenanigans. I be, Frank called him the best penalty taker in the world, didn't he? He is a very good penalty taker, Vantoni. A really good... Like, in the Championship, I don't think he missed one. He's really, really good at penalties. So, yeah, so that's interesting. Um, anything on Leeds out of this game? Um... I don't know, it was a bit weird, really. Like, I guess with Leeds, the whole idea of them being a bit more shored up and not leaking goals was thought to be maybe a Bielsa thing, that obviously the way they played with him, that they could just get pumped. I mean, I don't think Marsh quite has that same sort of philosophy. So to concede five, obviously, is not is not great. Um I mean, I think Leeds will be okay. I mean, so far this season, the signings that they've made definitely seem fine. I think they've got a really strong midfield too, actually, in that Mark Rocker and Tyler Adams, which is which is good. And given it seemed Calvin Phillips basically irreplaceable. And basically, credit to Phillips, they needed two people to do the job he used to do. But it seems to have worked. Um, I think they've got the quality, but Rodrigo's hot and cold. I'd love to see Bamford fit for most of the season. Will it happen? I don't know. But I think they're fine. But, you know, they would have got into this game, certainly if they can get something. At least 5-2's got to be a kick in the teeth for at least the short term. I think Leeds have got a lot more than some of the other teams down there. Oh, definitely. I mean, they're they're obviously going to be in the the general scrap for it, but... I mean, they're better than Forrest and Bournemouth. Yeah. If they can put the ball in the net enough, which, I mean, they can put it in the net a lot more than Wolves can, for for example, of, a, of even a better team that you'd that could be down there this year. They're definitely better than Forrest and Bournemouth. I mean, Leicester, are they going to be down there as well? It's not looking yeah. good. They're not looking good at all, are they? Really bad. They got dominated by Brighton. I mean, that's... That's not, there's no shame with that. Brighton can't can, can, beat can, anyone. No, they play well. One thing I'll say about Brighton: how when is it going to be that people, instead of saying how bad the opposition were, was, when are people going to just say Brighton are a very good coach team and ultimately they're now a very good team in their own right? What about I, I Brighton think, performed well rather than Leicester performed badly? I mean, I, I think it's starting were, to turn on that. They, yeah, I think they, that is. They, I know so like, Danny Welbeck's their main striker at like what 32, 33. Didn't stop them scoring five this week, Ross. No, I like Danny Welbeck, but <laughs> he the team could be so good mm. with him up top. I mean, I mean, I like a lot of their players. To be fair, I think you'll right. see when these big jobs start coming up from this season. I think you're going to see Potter linked to a lot of them. Mm. And I hope he doesn't take him when he takes the England job after the World Cup. We don't want to waste him on four games a year. We've no. got to get him in. I, I would love to see what England could do with Potter. And that get team. away from the Blue Harbour Brigade. Dave? Uh, yeah, sorry to digress onto a game we didn't say we'd really dive into. But did anyone see the Leicester game? Because, my God, those players do not care. 
Like, I think it was... Uh, I think it was the second goal which Saicedo scored, which was often Wapu run. Basically, James Madison misplaced a pass to Tielemans. Neither of them got out of a jog to chase it. I mean, and the game was 1-1. And honestly, it was... I don't know, maybe Mwapu's rapid, but with the ball, they made him look like one of the fastest players in the world. It was really embarrassing. The players just didn't battle for any second balls. I mean, I think they know they're up against it this season, and it, it looks like they already seemed quite defeated, to be honest. It was it was pretty embarrassing. To be fair, Tielemans has openly wanted to leave, and, and they uh, just haven't got rid of him. So, not that that excuse is not, not trying, obviously. But Madison's always had a bit of that in his locker, a bit of yeah. that sort of Mesut Ozil body body attitude when when you give it away. Um, yeah, maybe they're not responding to Rogers as as much as they they had been. But um, it still concerns me how much they concede from set pieces. Still, yeah. still, well, their, their defense so long. I mean. They played. They had to play Ndidi at centre back this game. Daniel Amati still playing. He's he not the defender, the and he's still he playing was, at the back for for Leicester. He was bad, yeah. He was bad. Yeah, he's not a top level. Oh, so Inchu was also leaving. I think Galatasaray wants to be out the squad. Okay. I know we're not his biggest fan, but how are they letting more bodies go now? With the windows gonna is closed. I don't. Well, I don't know. I, I, I find s- like. Fabio Cannavaro to come out of retirement like uh, what Wolves have tried to do with Diego Costa. Supposedly, after the even including the Fafana sale, Leicester in the last year are like a hundred and eleven million loss. It's their uh-huh. it's their wage budget, isn't it? What I keep hearing on other pods is their their wages are so high. That's why they couldn't. I thought they had money for transfers, from what I've heard. They just mm-hmm. had to get players. They had like a bloated squad on way too much money. Well, they've got to get rid of players. They've signed a lot of players like, you know, like Dennis Pratt, people like Gazelle. Uh, Martin's still there. Yeah. I feel like Martin's always been there. He was there, wasn't he? He won the he's league. Been, he was there when they won the league. Yeah, I thought he was. So he's but, still there. You've got Dakar, not really doing a lot. He's still there. Ian is like, probably, probably on a pretty good wage. There's quite a few misses they've had in recent years. which is And Tielemans not, is going for nothing next summer. Yeah. His contract's up. Yeah, it's pretty horror, isn't it? Yeah. I think I think in the end they'll have enough, but it is not looking good at the moment. They shouldn't I'd have got be shocked if Rodgers is still, still there. Hey, that's a mistake. Well, that was a weird one as well. Just well, late-ish in the window. Schmeichel out of nowhere's going to oh. going to Nice. I don't know. Strange. Quite an upgrade on the city he's living in. But anyway, let's do let's do some quick fire. European predictions. Chelsea have just lost to uh, to Zagreb. So if that affects anyone's predictions, at least we've thrown that out there now. Uh, who's going to win the Champions League? Um, honestly, I know this seems a really fucking cheap answer, but now Man City have Haaland as a striker. It's hard to look past, given that they've been close in recent years. But, I mean, it hasn't been all playing selling in the league for them, though, has it? I mean, 
No, but I, I think Haaland's proven as like a big game player and crucially he'll be able to put the ball in the back of the net and that has ended when they've got far before. Uh, I'm going to go Real Madrid again. I just... They're they just win. They just crazy. seem to get through. Like, Somehow in the Champions League. They were the second best in three straight ties last year, pretty much, and still came through. All right. They've got so many winners in that team, and Benzema's as good as anyone when you need a goal. Yeah. Uh, I think they might win it again. Yeah, hard to look past either of those two. Any any shouts for a top scorer? Well, I mean, Haaland's got a hammer's been in the group, isn't he? You would assume. Yeah. Which could be enough. Could well be. Benzema, Lewandowski also up there in the in the betting and uh, obviously. I mean, to be fair, Benzema's got a group of Celtic, Shakhtar and Leipzig, so he could get quite a lot. If well, uh, sounds like Shakhtar aren't going to be what they usually are, obviously. Uh, unfortunately. Given uh, what's going on in Ukraine. And Leipzig are a good team. So, Who's in City's group? Uh, City have got Sevilla, Copenhagen and Dortmund. Oh, that's tough. I mean, I mean you could get about six against Copenhagen. And against Dortmund. True, they've they they got hammered by Rangers last year to be fair, Dortmund. They've just been Copenhagen uh, three now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh and the big one for us, Ross, Thursday nights in the Europa League. Who's gonna win it? I think there's a good chance both Arsenal and Manu go go far. Maybe it so depends, I think with Arsenal. Favorites. Arsenal are just a slight slight edge at the moment. Where are Roma backed in this? Because I have a weird feeling with Mourinho and some of the players they've signed that they can be really, really decent this season in the Europa League. Yeah, that'll be an awkward semi-final for either Arsenal or United. Won't it? <laughs> They're uh, fourteen to one, but that makes them third favourite. So yeah, I'm, so, I think yeah. I think they're a decent calibre. Depends with Arsenal. Like, I mean, I'm not saying I expect it, or whatever. But say they're fighting near the top at the end. Um, is that going to affect how they pick in the ties there? Same with United, if they're scrapping for Champions League, it's do you try and win the Europa and go in that way or I don't know. It it could be quite interesting for both those teams. I imagine it's going to be tight for that fourth and they're going to be in both probably in the hunt for it and probably in the hunt for the Europa. So that will be interesting to follow. Because if Arsenal are looking reasonably comfortable for top four, and it's more higher up that they're looking. Obviously, I'm not saying that's what I expect or anything, just to, to try not to jinx it. If. Because if United are scrapping for top four and the safest way is for them to go through the league or whatever, they might prioritise that. Or I don't know. I don't know. That'll be- definitely be one to watch. I think Roma are a good little outside, even though they're third favourites. The English teams are obviously the... The standout candidates. So Arsenal are the favourites, are they? It's like five to one, six to one. Arsenal United. Uh, Conference League. I, just because no one knows who actually plays in this competition, I'm going to read you out some of the names: uh, the Villarreal, West Ham, Fiorentina, Nice, Casper Schmeichel's Nice, Holm, AZ Altmar, and Anderlecht. I don't think I need to go any further than that. Oh look, I'm back in Udinese. Yeah, same. I can't look past Villarreal really. A, a serial winner done. of the lesser European competitions. Apart from when he went to the final with Arsenal and we lost. <laughs> well, there you go. That tells you who's going to win every European competition this year. 
Uh, we've recapped a few of the games of football. Talked about VAR being shy again. I think that should do it. We'll go and watch the uh, the eight o'clock kickoffs. Yeah, perfect timing. Um, yeah, that'll work. Thanks very much, Dave. If people want to follow you, where can they do that? Uh, it's uh, Mike, not Will. <laughs> and uh, thank you, Ross. Where can they follow you for all your um, takes about Cafe Rouge when you finally make your appearance there? Uh, at Ross underscore Bird 14 on Twitter for the live yeah. stream when I get there. <laughs> uh, yeah. Steak Freed's going to be phenomenal. Remember the hashtag Ross. Just for imagine Rouge. the live stream when they tell him they're out of steak. Imagine walks up to the walks up to the counter and they don't have what he wants. Uh, they're, they're coming around and, and taking his order from his seat in cafe. True, true. Come on. Look, I mean, if they're approaching me for me to go, Dave, they're going to get the stuff in stock, aren't they? If we went on there, <laughs> true, they'll get the double 100%. Um, and you can obviously follow us all at, at In and Around Pod uh, on all the socials. Um, enjoy your week. We'll see you next week with some more football rubbish. We'll out with. <laughs> Thanks very much for listening. Uh, Sayonara.